You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Gobbler Country's Talk in Turkey. I'm your host, Brian Manning. Join me, as always, is my co-host, John Schneider. John, how are you this evening? Pretty good, I guess. I was just laughing beforehand. My wife and I had a little date night tonight, and she came in and said she just didn't want to cook anything, and so we could go to PK's or Bots. So, and for those of you who have not been to Blacksburg for a while, top of the stairs opened a little restaurant underneath, and they call it Bots. And it still says it serves the same food. And now I'm trying to fight off a food coma. That's good. As you know, tonight's episode, we're going to focus on the Hokies game this weekend against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in Winston-Salem. The Hokies come in at 3-1, and one, and the Deacons come in at 2-2, two and two, fresh off a 40-23 win over the Virginia Cavaliers. John, what's your initial take of Wake Forest? Okay, number one, let's just talk odds, guys. We started off at about a touchdown initially at about seven points, and the line moved today about three and a half points. So I think we're like a ten and a half point favorite going into the game. I'm not sure I like that too much. I wouldn't wouldn't have been surprised being favored, especially given the the lack of fans in the stand and everything else. So the home field advantage really isn't that great, but. I think that Wake Forest is a better team than a touchdown and field goal favorite for us. I think that their offense looks like it can move the ball. Kids Sam Hartman can sling the ball around a yard. Yeah, I think last year's Wake Forest offense was more centered on the pass because they had Jamie Newman, who I thought was a real pro prospect last year. They came into Blacksburg in November, and we were at that game, and I don't know if they were favored, but I think they were ranked. They had only lost like one game at the time. They came in, the Hokies absolutely destroyed them. And they were built around the Jamie Newman and two wide receivers. Kenneth Walker, their star running back, was also there, and he was a solid back last year. He's really having a good year this year. He's a little bit overshadowed in the ACC because of what Khalil Herbert's doing and because of those two backs at North Carolina. But in four games, he has 383 yards and 5.7 yards per attempt and seven touchdowns. So, He's a good back. Hartman's a guy who's completed 62% of his passes. One thing I did notice in studying a little bit about the Demon Deacons, in four games, they've been sacked 16 times. That's an area where we should watch. Could be a big day for Amari Barno and those guys. Yeah, that's their receiving core is, is reasonable to match their passing. So I would call them a fairly balanced offense, which is not easy to defend. 
because they're not one dimensional. That means they're not one dimensional. They're not having to rely like last week, you know, Boston College, the run game was not that good. And so they had to rely on the pass. You know, by the end of the game, the one dimensional nature of their offense showed itself. In this case, a balanced offense means they can pick and choose what they want to do. And the only advantage that we've got against that is just what you're mentioning right now. Their offensive line doesn't seem to be as high a caliber, especially for pass defense, as they would like to have. So maybe that's what the wise guys are seeing on defense, that our mystic quality about running and running the defense is going to be getting to the quarterback. One of the things I noticed from some study in their roster was last year they had they were really deep at receiver, and they may still be deep at receiver, but last year they had Sage Surratt, who actually opted out of this season, I guess due to COVID. I don't think he's a first-round pick by any means, but he opted out. And they also had Kendall Hinton, who was kind of a, like a slot guy, and then they had Scotty Washington, more of a speed guy. They had all three of those guys. They were their top three receivers last year, and none of those guys are – with the Demon Deacons this year, their leading receiver this year is Ja'Curry Robertson, who's caught 20 passes for 314 yards. And then they have Donovan Green, who's caught 10 passes, averaging 20 yards per reception. So I think their bread and butter, what we should look out for this weekend is a running game. Yeah. They only walked rush for about 400 yards almost. Uh, Christian Bill Smith, his backups, ran for 256. They ran for 659 as a team. So that's definitely going to put to test what we thought could be our weakness, which is stopping the running game. We haven't had as much problem stopping the running game as the intermediate pass game. I think we'll get better at stopping the run game as Ashby starts feeling better. He finally admitted to the fact that sometime this summer he tested positive for COVID. He actually got it. And he said it took him out a little bit and he was short of breath. And he was really tired, and it took two weeks to get kind of sort of his feet back up underneath him and get back up to speed. So you can see why he's been doing most of the backfield quarterbacking without being the hyper-tackler he has been in the past. I'm hoping he starts picking up you know, a little bit momentum on that. We're going to need his prowess at tackling between plus two yards and the line of scrimmage. I worry about our guys up front winning matchups. So, because I know in that North Carolina game, we kind of got our tails kicked up front. So, that appeared to be a little bit better last weekend against BC. Early in the game, it looked like we were losing up front. But then as the game wore on, I think we got a lot better. And I was really impressed with how we shut down their top two weapons. And and the running game was a non-factor after those first, like, two or three drives. So Yeah, well, they started getting pressure up the A-gap, getting in the face of the quarterback. I think that's kind of what they're going to have to do again in this one because I'm seeing a lot of similar patterns between BC and Wake Forest at this point as far as what they have. They're competent. They have a good quarterback. They have good running backs. Or in the case of last week, it was better pass receivers than running backs. So that balanced the other way. But I still see an opportunity for us to be challenged and still win. And I'm not talking about the game right now. I'm talking about win at the line of scrimmage. That's what's going to have to happen is the defensive line is going to have to win at the line of scrimmage to get penetration. Yeah, I think we talk about Wake Forest. I I see a team who I think overall may have a better offense than Boston College. They may not have 
Boston College has a really good tight end in Hunter Long and a really good receiver in Zay Flowers. They may not have those top-tier guys like that, but overall I think their offense is much more balanced. And Dave Clawson, I think he does a good job every year. He's put together a good offense. Turn that program back around and where they're a competitive team, they're never going to be a, a top-tier team. That's just Yeah, they just can't get the recruiting in there. Yeah, he has them competing at a good level every year, and it, it's a good thing for Wake Forest because they're not bottom feeders anymore. They're, they're a solid team, and he does yeah. a really good job. What I'm hoping right now is that our defense manages to get some quality stops and we get to the point where eh, if they score a couple of touchdowns, I'm not going to itch. But we're gonna ha- they're going to have to be effective at getting quality stops and not letting Wake like grind the clock down. We need to get the ball on offense. And that's what we're going to talk about before we go to our second segment. Well, in our second segment is we're going to have the Hokie offense up in the docks because everybody's got a lot of expectations, don't they? Yeah, you mentioned the break. So let's take a quick break for our commercials and we'll come back and we'll discuss this game a little more in depth. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Hey, Brian. It's the second half of the podcast for the preview podcast, and that means we start talking about the Hokie offense. It's been the buzz for the past couple of weeks, but last week especially, hadn't it? Yeah, it has, and and I feel pretty good about our offense going up against just about anybody this year. Now, when can you say that in the past where you just feel like this offense could score against anybody, and I really do believe that. But then I look at Wake Forest's defense. I don't think they're going to put up a huge opposition to to our offense. I noticed and we're not going to count the game they won against Campbell where they scored 66 to 14. We'll talk about the three ACC games where they lost to Clemson in the season opener, allowed 37 points. To me, that's actually pretty good. They held Clemson to 37 because you saw what Clemson did last week. (laughs) Clemson reversed that 37 last week and had 73 in, in Atlanta. But then you got NC State. We had NC State and Blacksburg. They allowed 45 points to NC State in a three-point loss. And that was with Hockman at quarterback, who I just don't think is very good. If you give up 45 points to NC State with Devin Leary, that's one thing. But with Hockman, I worry about your defense there. Then they give up 40 to UVA last week. And UVA is not the defense they were a year ago, but they still have some good players on that defense. So they scored 40 to 23. But they yeah. so but UVA's offense last week, I think they were they had some they had some issues with the quarterback play. So I don't think uh, with with UVA as a whole is a lot different this year without Bryce Perkins. Their offense isn't going to challenge well, defenses. We, so, we definitely predicted that last year. Last yeah, year it so was their, was them their hurrah. Holding, them holding UVA to, to 23 doesn't strike me much because I'm like, no, I'm not that impressed with UVA's offense this year. But the Hokies, I think you're looking at, we're definitely going over 40 again this weekend. I don't see this being a shootout, but it, it could be like a low-grade shootout, kind of like the NC State game was, if the defense can't hold on. But I do not see the Wake Forest defense doing anything to contain the read option that's happening between Khalil Herbert and Hendon Hooker. Between the two of them, you don't know who's going to get the ball at the merge. You don't know who you're going to stop or who you're going to try to stop. Both of them are lightning quick and off the mark really fast. 
putting Hendon in with Herbert is just a puzzle that is very difficult for the linebackers to solve. And no, you're not going to get defensive linemen to solve that at all. It's got to be the linebackers that come up and solve that or safeties, you know, the strong safeties. I don't see Wake having that. Speaking of Wake's defense, they do have one really good player who's the best defensive player among either of these teams, and he actually could be the best defensive player in the ACC, arguably, and that's Carlos Bash in defensive end. I don't know if that streak's continued, but he had like a 15-game streak of something like that of where he had a tackle for loss. Really good player, and the Hokies got to contain him. But fortunately for the Hokies, they have such a good offensive line, and good news is Luke Tenuta could be back this week which would give our offensive line full health for the first time in about three weeks. So that's an exciting thing. And the interesting thing about Carlos Basham, when you hear the name Basham, it sounds familiar because of all the athletes out of Roanoke. He is actually from Roanoke. So six foot five, 285 pound senior. He has four sacks this year. Like I said, that's going to be fun to watch him because he's going to be a borderline first round pick in the NFL next year. It seems like a lot of teams have one or two special players and he's Wake's special player. I think it's going to take some double teaming. I think Vance Vice is going to have his hands full, making sure he's got audibles that seal him off. I got a feeling they're going to either be running past him, blocking him down and running past him, which is not easy to do, by the way, from what I've seen on film, or just running away from him. And that's kind of the formula. And I mean, when I say the word run, I mean run. I think we're going to see very much the same sort of thing we did unless something breaks down against Wake that we did that we did against BC, and that is we're going to run the ball. I would like to know, this is for another time, I guess, but I would really like to know why we never even offered Bash. I mean, he was played his ball at North Side, and he was six foot four, 225 pounds coming out of high school. I mean, he's been developed there. He wasn't. He didn't come out as a blue chipper, but those are the kind of guys we used to do well with, so. It's a little surprising. I don't even know if he was recruited. I'd have to check with Josh and his contacts to find out even if anybody had open communications with him. I do know that there is a fondness for Wake Forest in this area. Wake is a popular school in Southwest Virginia. I don't think he was even offered by us or UVA. I think he was offered by ODU. So Wake was the one big offer he had as far as ACC and he took it and it's worked out quite well for him. It was not an unshrewd move on his part. So, you know, sometimes you miss, and I guess, yeah, I'd like to be a bug in the coaches here and find out just exactly why they missed him, and, you know, especially because we needed talent like that on the outside and, and had to go fishing for it in the secondary market. But the secondary market's been amazing for Justin Fuente. A couple of things that need to be mentioned. Number one, Khalil Herbert is getting Heisman mentions from PFF and from several analysts, which given his yardage and his effort this year is not unsurprising. Hendon's starting to sneak in. And if Hendon has another game like he did last week, you might very well see his name bubbling up into that competition. I don't know if he's going to be in the Trevor Lawrence world or the, you know, whatever. But he's looking really good. And just to be scouted that way and mentioned that way is pretty special. But people, even Herbie had to, and I'm looking for the apology from Herbie about his rant last year or the year before last about our coach. And he had a mention of Justin Fuente. And Fuente's attracting attention for being where he is and doing what he's doing 
with the situation that he's been handed. When you're missing half a poker deck and you're still winning, that's a pretty amazing feat. Fuente's done a really good job this year, as we've noted, so it's been impressive. It's been under his way. I mean, it's been the Fuente way. He's very matter-of-fact, but he doesn't say a whole lot. Although, I got to admit, the coach talk isn't as coach talky. It's not as much the word salad you get off of a lot of coach talk. He's been pretty straightforward and honest about what he's been facing, which is actually really refreshing in a lot of ways. All right, John, it's about that time to wrap things up before the week. Before we go to tonight, do you have a prediction for this weekend's game? Oh, I was looking at last week's predictions, and I'm thinking we're going over 40 points. I'm thinking maybe 43 and Wake, they're going to have some stuff, but I don't see Wake getting over 24 points. I think maybe 43 to 17. That sounds like a reasonable prediction. I'll drop my prediction tomorrow in the written preview, but that sounds reasonable and like something that I would choose as well. So we'll close this week's edition. And John, what do you have to say before we go? Always go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.